Welcome to Rise Smile Films, the film review podcast that mixes cinema with fine spirits. Journey with us as we encounter new, old, and strange films with the occasional dabble into sports and music. Proceed with caution as these podcasts feature spoilers and some mature language. This is Matt. And this is Jesse. Today on tap, we have Black Panther Wakanda Forever, starring Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Danae Guerrilla, Winston Duke, Tenek Huerta Mejia, and Angela Bassett. Story by Ryan Coogler, screenplay by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole, and directed by Ryan Coogler. Welcome back to Rye Smile Films. It's time to wrap up this little MCU tribute to Chadwick Boseman cask with the highly anticipated, it's been out for a few weeks now, release of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And this is the official capper to the wild and crazy thing that has been phase four, right? Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that and kind of the roller coaster of phase four, but this is kind of the end of this iteration. And then next uh, February with Ant-Man and Quantumania, we start the new new slate into what we're getting into. So I'm looking forward to talking about this one. I know we're going to have a ton of little th- things to talk about here, but um, yeah, let's we should get into it. We've got some Jack Daniels single barrel rye here. We opened this up. Last week or the the week prior? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yum. That's a nice rye. Pretty good little rye. About the smoothest rye I can remember of drinking on this show. Yeah. So I got a couple things I want to go over with you yep. before we even get into the flight. Yeah. Did you see the new Christmas story? No, not yet. Uh, was it a, a Christmas story Christmas, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah? Yeah. Sometimes things get overthought. I kind of want to watch it a little closer to Christmas. I mean, I'm like, well, it's December, early December. I'm not there yet, but. I'm, I won't tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you what it's not. Okay. This is Ralphie grown up. Yeah. His kid wants present X that he doesn't deem he should get. And that's the story. Okay. Period. It couldn't be further from that. Aye. <laughs> I mean, it is atrocious. Oh. It's terrible, Jesse. Jeez terrible okay the second one i want to ask you is okay you've seen the ads i'm sure you have for meet the fablemans yes spielberg's who in the world <laughs> is buying that this is the movie that steven spielberg always wanted to make yeah I don't, just, that looks like a piece of trash it couldn't be farther for something i know you would want to watch oh. but it's just it's a uh, very much a passion project right let mm. me tell the story of my upbringing and how i was inspired by film and I do like Spielberg, so that might intri- intrigue me enough to to seek it out. But yeah, the film I've always wanted to make, I thought That's that was not Schindler. even true. I thought that was Schindler's List. Exactly. I thought that was E.T. or like yes, any number of those other other films. But yeah, why this one? Um, interesting. Two more things. Okay, are you as shocked as I am mm. with the very mediocre slate of films that currently resides in theaters right now? Yeah, it's stunning. Like the only thing that I might have a slightest inkling to see is the menu. Yeah. The rest is awful. Yeah. There's a lot of all the kind of Oscar-y stuff's coming out, but even that stuff's not quite, quite out yet. Like uh, Damien Chazelle's new Babylon with Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. That hasn't come out yet. Yeah. It's very weak slate. So Black Panther Wakanda forever has been slain for four straight weeks, right? (laughs) So all that aside. Okay. Here's the big one. Okay. How many performances does an actor to need to make in one of those films, and by those I mean great films, 
to really cement themselves as a true talent in the industry? Maybe. Well, they do one like really good one. I mean, you kind of got your foot in the door, right? But like, I think after like the third one, you're just like, this person's here, right? This person's here and arrived. Might be longer for some, you know, and then there's all those, you know, with Oscars, like we give it to Leo because he's had eight eight or nine of these, right? Now we finally got to give it to his Revenant. Um, what do you think? No, I'm with you on three. Mm-hmm. You can have the one hit wonder that shows up and makes a good film. Yeah. My two left feet or whatever that guy was. Mm-hmm. I love, I want to make love to the whole audience. That dude. Mm-hmm. I think three, two. Mm-hmm. If we both agree that three is the number, then I want to pose a secondary question to you that I think is really worth consideration. Okay. Is by our definition. Yeah. Robin Williams. Yeah. The most underrated actor of all time. Do you want me to start with the filmography? It's you, crazy. You don't have to. I, I've always been amazed by Robin Williams' talent. Uh, We've never spoken about him. He never comes up on any of those lists. Yeah. I mean, when you start with, and even the stuff that's not great, like let's just say Hook and Jumanji, but then you go to like <laughs> Dead Poets. No, no, you I know, like you, Jumanji. <laughs> but I mean, like as far as like those films. Yeah, yeah. You go to like Dead Poets and Awakenings mm-hmm. and... Um, Goodwill Hunting, Good, What Dreams May Come, mm-hmm. the um, Nolan film that he did, uh, Insomnia, One Hour Photo, yeah, Aladdin, yeah, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, Mrs. Doubtfire, yeah, Good Morning Vietnam, Good Morning Vietnam, yeah, no, oh, yeah, he's he's got it, and he isn't he, it right, and he can play both sides of it too. You mentioned One Hour Photo, which is a, could not be more different than what he's used to playing, right? Kind of a scary movie, uh, psychological thriller, but I think I'm ready to tell you right now, yeah that per this podcast, Mm -hmm. he might be the most, and I'm not some Robin Williams apologist by any stretch of the imagination. It's fine. Yeah. That might be the most underrated actor of all time. Doesn't get talked about enough. And he has one best supporting. I think he's got three nominations total. One, one, one best supporting for uh, Goodwill. Goodwill. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I've always been a fan of the guy. I think he's immensely funny. I think he can be serious. I think he could be frightening. Uh, was watching uh, Aladdin the other day, just kind of the opening, which is he kind of plays like this, like salesman where he shows you the lamp at the beginning and the way the guy's talking and he's talking about this thing and this box that's still fresh. And he's talking about this thing. He's improvising all of that. And so the animators have to then go and like bring his improvisation to life, which I think is completely amazing. And you could just tell him like riffing as genie, right? I mean, just going like one after the other. So his ability to do that with his dramatic chops, I mean, you know, to the guy, you know, RIP. It's interesting you bring that up. I, you know, you and I will be talking about Oscars a lot, spoiler alert, uh, going into the new year, right? I'm sure we'll have a lot of conversations about would they, could they be actors and from the past and just those sneaky filmographies, right? So. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it struck me. I, I saw a little clip from Goodwill hunting. It was a scene in film when he's talking about, uh, you don't know what pain is. Yeah. <clears throat> and it really got me thinking about that. And I just thought, I'm going to look in this filmography. Have you ever seen stunning? It's, it's not a great movie, but I kind of like it. Uh, cause it's got my boy in it. Uh, Kurt Russell, it's called the best of times mm-hmm. where they played like Kurt Russell, like threw him like the winning touchdown pass and he dropped it. Yep. And then, so they're, older in their thirties, they're trying to like replay the game and try to like reclaim that moment. Right. For mm-hmm. and it, all that moment 
completely destroyed their lives, right? Yep. Like they're like kind of like not bums, but like things haven't gone their way, and they're both really good in that movie. Yeah, no, I, that's a great film. <laughs> I don't hear anyone really talk about that one, but that's just part of his sneaky film. You know, Mork and Mindy, all those years on that. He just the guys, yeah, the guys got some some cred. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess we settled that. There we go. Yeah, in, in agreement. Yeah, just, uh, but let's let's dive right into our flight question. What do you got for us this week? You prefaced it earlier with the kickoff of phase five, starting in February with Quantumania. Mm-hmm. So let's let's play in that space. Okay. A lot of projects out there. Yeah. So we're just going projects. That could be TV or film or whatever. Give me your most anticipated top three. I'm going to go three, three, two, for two, one, For phase five and phase six, or am I just... Just five. Just five, okay. Just five. Yeah, let's do three, three, two, two, one. I'm sure we might have some similar uh, selections yeah. on here. Yeah. But uh, coming in at number three for me, I'm really excited to kind of see how Kang fits into this whole thing. So three for me is going to be Ant-Man and Quantum. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Journey into Quantumania, whatever the hell they're calling that thing. Mm -hmm. What I really kind of like about it and what the trailer kind of just shows, it's kind of a pretty good trailer set to like a different rendition of Rocketman by Elton John. Yeah. but I kind of want to see a journey that is Scott Lang, Hope, Janet, and Hank Pym. And then you got Cassie coming along, right? We could, we're going to talk a lot about the kids of the Marvel Universe today. But I'm kind of into that, right? Like sure. our family journey into the quantum realm. And we're going to finally be introduced to the big bad of this, theoretically, of this phase, right? I mean, he's going to be the guy pulling all the strings. So I want to see how he's going to stack up and how different he's going to be than a Thanos, right? Uh, someone that might have be be able to be a little bit more animated than a CGI Josh Brolin, as great as he is as that character. Uh, I think Kang can offer some pretty crazy possibilities uh, for this series going forward. So, and I kind of want this one to be. I I wasn't big on Ant Man and the Wasp, the second one which, no. uh, was a ghost and whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really want this one to be a winner. I, I really and I want to see more Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas. So I I hope they have a pretty decent sized part in this one. Well, you're gonna get. Right away. Yeah. Because that's where it starts. We're right? coming, yeah. Right out of the gate. February, just around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, good choice. Yeah, that was one that was in consideration for me, too. Number three for me is X-Men 97. Oh, yeah. Um, cartoon. Cartoon series. Really cute. I love that original X-Men, and this is supposed to be heavily influenced and inspired by that one. So we will see. I think it's all the same voice cast coming back. Right? Yeah. We will see how it plays. I love that. That did more for the X-Men than I think anything ever has. And... uh yeah, I love it. So that's number three for me. And I'm not even an animated guy. Like, frankly, I don't like cartoons. Yeah. But I will watch that. <clears throat> Good choice. <clears throat> oh, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be watching all that. In fact, I'm, I'm kind of like slowly going through the original series as well. I watch it ever so often. That mm-hmm. in uh, the Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, great choice. Thanks. Number two for me. I'm going to go Daredevil. Mm. Born again. Me too. That's also my number two. I'm excited, but I'm also nervous. Yeah. 
because it's going to be impossible for us to not make the comparisons to the Netflix show. And you know this is going to be more tampered down version of what that was, right? I, I like I don't think we're going to see people get decapitated by car doors in this version, or the just the the gratuitous violence and just the pain inflicted on Matt Murdock that that show did so well. Um, yeah, I'm worried, but I'm excited because I do like the casting of Charlie Cox. I like that the D'Onofrio's coming back. We don't know if Deborah Ann Wall is Karen Page or uh, Foggy. I don't know if any of them are coming back, but I don't know if that matters. I just want to see some good Daredevil storytelling. Mm-hmm. And if that Shadowland and, you know, whatever, I'm sure the hand will show up again. Mm-hmm. But this could re- reintroduce a more street-level idea that Spider-Man is already doing so well. Yep. Um, and while they're at it, can I throw Tom Holland into one of those episodes? I'd kind of like that. <laughs> you kind of have to, don't you? Yeah, that would be nice. Is I it, mean, is he getting 12 runs or 12, 13 episodes? I thought they said 18. I th- you know what? Now that you mentioned that, I think it is 18. Yeah. In 18, you probably have some space to introduce a couple more street-level friends there. Yeah. Um, and Spider-Man and Daredevil go way back. That's a that's a long, long, rich friendship that there's a lot to pull from. And he was already in No Way Home, so mm-hmm. just kind of keep it going. If it's based on Born Again, too, they have really good source material. Mm-hmm. So that's positive. Uh, that's Frank Miller stuff, right? <clears throat> and, he, and the other reason I'm nervous, too, is the TV offerings have not been great. So yeah. maybe this is the one that can change it, but I think that's 2024, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got a bit of a wait, but I'm excited with you. I, th- I think both you and I just really like that character, and we want it, want him done want justice done well, right? <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious to see between he, now and then if we see him make any more appearances in any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah, not so much just the go. Marvel Universe, but like big screen. Yeah, there you go. Look, I mean, superheroes need a lawyer. Yeah. And it provides reasonable and ample opportunities to weave him into the structure of these, even if it's just on the sidelines. Yeah. And I can't really tell you with a straight face that he's a quintessential must-have character in the Marvel Universe. I really like him, but he really isn't. He's a quintessential character that I want to see on screen, so... I'll give you that. Yeah. But that, you know, I can defend, like, you can't do Marvel without Spider-Man. Yeah. And you can't do the Avengers without Captain America or Iron Man. Yeah. But in a realistic world, is Daredevil ain't going up against Kang one-on-one. He's going to get killed. Killed. Yeah. But that's why I love him. Yeah. That's number two for me. Like as far as we've, uh, it's number two on the list. But that's also my second favorite Marvel character, Spider-Man. Oh yeah, Daredevil's number two. Actually, I think yeah, we're kind of. I think we we flip flop. I think Daredevil won me Spider-Man two. I think we just like just just give us some Marvel movies in the streets, man. I Mm -hmm. mean, just like let's just fight some bank robbers. Yeah, right. (laughs) Enough of trying to take over the world. I'm over it. Yep. Uh, So we have the same number one, don't we? I don't know. Mm -mm. Oh, we don't have the same number one. Yeah. My uh, number one coming out uh, next year. The trailer just dropped this last week. I'm really, really excited to see Guardians Volume right. 3. Uh, I didn't, you know, when that first Guardians came out, and we might have to do the trilogy leading up to that one, right? Sure. I don't know what we if we expected. Our expectations were just like, man, talking raccoon in a tree, like, oh, this is going to be their first bomb, right? And it was kind of far from that. Great casting, great characterization, amazing soundtrack. That first one's great. I like the second one a little bit more. And then this one, I mean, if this is the swan song with this particular lineup of Drax and Rocket and Peter Quill and Groot and Gamora and Mantis and... uh, Nebula. Yeah, and and all of them, 
yeah, I'm I'm there for it. And you know, J- this might be James Gunn's swan song with Marvel because he's the new steward of DC films going forward now. So have they given him complete entire control of the whole thing? Yep. And that might be the best decision they've made in a long time for them. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. I mean, I, I'm not disappointed by anything Guardians related. I love the ride. I love the movies. Uh, just everything about it. So if this is the last hurrah, sign me up. I'm, I'm ready to go. You think Rocket dies? I hope not. I, I don't want any of them to die, but I just, I, I don't know if I'd be emotionally. I mean, I mean we're getting all verklempt over a CGI raccoon, but that just shows the power of, you know, Bradley Cooper's uh, voice, but just how they've characterized that that character, right? The trash panda. <laughs> Are you worried at all about Adam Warlock now being included? I, I want to see how he fits in, right? I mean, that's another hugely powerful character in the Marvel universe. Yeah. What is his role going to be in that? Uh, and then going forward. So have we established as the high evolutionary, the bad guy in this film? I, I, I don't know. They haven't did very tight lift on who they're always coy on who <laughs> like the bad guys like, yeah, he's bad, but he's like, not like the bad, bad guy. You know right. I mean? He's just one of the bad guys. He's just part of it or something. Mm-hmm. There's some other clandestine bad guy. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited to see that one. I, I just, I really can't wait. Do you think that this really is the end of all of the Guardians and they start new? They have to keep Quill. No, they got to keep a couple. They're going to pop up again in Secret Wars, right? I mean, everyone's going to pop up in that one. Past, dead, future, Fox, you know, whatever. Everyone's going to pop up in that thing. So that might be the real swan song. But as like in a movie, yeah, this I think this is it. Okay, good. Like that choice. I just want. There's a great scene in the trailer too. It just shows like Dave Batista's Drax is just. Oh my God, I know what you're talking about. Just one stupid guy. Yeah, no, 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 that. But they get they land on this planet with all these like aliens, and he like grabs this like dodgeball by this. It just throws it into this little girl's face, and you hear that doing. Smokes her. Yep. He's like, dude, come on. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> just so good. His humor is just. It's just on another level. Good choice. Yeah. What's your number one? Fantastic Four. You can't really be surprised. We've talked about that ad nauseum, so I'm not going to continue. Confirmed it's doom. Um, a little tight-lipped on the rest of the cast. There's some rumors and still some stuff they're kind of working through. But I think for the first time, they're really going to try. And by that, people <laughs> say, well, what happened with Trank? They fired him two-thirds of the way through. Yeah, like This is established Marvel property. We're going to try to make this work. We're going to make this a sustainable and revisitable endeavor. Mm-hmm. So with all of that, it sounds like to me we're not going to kind of cheese it out the way the first two are done with you know, Michael Chiklis and Jessica Alba and those ones. <laughs> oh, man. Which those, I mean, those are okay for what they are. What, what I have never really understood with the Fantastic Four is, you know, that's Marvel's first family. Mm-hmm. That is the crux of most all things Marvel, Jesse, mm-hmm. in the superhero dump. I'd never really understood why they got such a lousy deal when it came to a true production budget that wasn't a little bit better than B. Yeah. But they're going to get it now. Yeah, you would think, especially after Spider-Man came out and was like, the first one, Mm -hmm. 02, hugely popular. It was like, yeah, which which one's next? Like, we got to do the Fantastic Four and just... Like you're right, it, it it was it is what it is, and it's okay. It's not horrible, but it's not amazing either. But yeah, kind of a B level effort. Like, why can't they get like the big budget treat? Yeah, I'm excited for that one too. Also nervous, but that one's all gonna come come down to casting, right? Sure, it's who we're putting in all those roles and just like 
no like confirmation on like Krasinski as as Reed. I mean, like, and that has to be he has to be the character, especially after you played it already. <laughs> I mean, I kind of heard that those people that we saw in Doctor Strange that was just a one off. Yes, that's which a, I hope that's just some rumor. Man, because what, what a waste! Yeah, if that's that would true. be a waste, right? I mean, he 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 looked good in that in that crazy scene. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's gonna come down to casting and who's playing Doom specific because he's gonna they're not gonna kill him off. He's gonna be very integral into the Marvel plans going forward. Uh-huh. So, I'm with you. We'll see. We wait with bated breath on what the Phase Five is gonna look like. Five exciting things there. I Ab- can't wait. Absolutely. Well, let's dive right into our review breakdown of Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Only the most broken people. Can be great leaders. His people do not call him General or King. They called him Kukul Khan, the Feather Serpent God, killing him. Will risk eternal war. He's coming for the surface world. Alrighty. Black Panther Wakanda Forever begins on, you know, something that we all kind of imagined how 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 was this going to be addressed? And we're to Kugler's credit, they just get right into it, right? Uh, I'm gonna have a couple big questions for you here going forward. But essentially what it boils down to is Shuri in her, you know, invention room station. Trying to find a cure. So I, mean, I think there was a conversation back and forth between you and us about the first Black Panther. And did Killmonger truly burn away all those heart-shaped herbs? And we didn't really have a good answer, right? I mean, it was just like, maybe, maybe there was one left. Maybe, the, I guess the answer is they're gone, right? They're gone. So, you know, we're trying to restore the health of T'Challa. This is all taking place off screen. And she's just not able to figure it out. Everything's at 26, 28%. I guess let's go with that, print it, let's do something. And here comes uh, Angela Bassett around the corner saying, too late, he's gone. And this is really hard for Shuri. And I think this sets up some interesting things with her character for this particular film, which was the guilt of I wasn't smart enough or fast enough or technologically proficient enough to save my brother. And that's going to plague her a lot going forward. And then what we actually get is actually a very beautiful, I think, send-off to T'Challa's character. What does a Wakandan funeral look like? Really different than our funerals. Instead of everyone adorned in black, everyone's in white. It looks more like a celebration than mourning. I really appreciated that. And to Ryan Coogler's credit, to leaning into the Wakandan mythology, inventing it in the pages of the script, having it look really good, I think this is a really powerful and emotional send-off to Chadwick Boseman, to T'Challa's character. And then what precedes this is, you know, Marvel Studios always does their little Mm -hmm. fluttering little logo. It's all him, right? Yeah. And it's silent. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about your screening, um, but I I saw this movie twice. 
silence during and it's almost like a built-in moment of silence for the actor and the character it's beautiful i think it's really well done i think the film starts off on some really good ground so my question two questions to you i want to know what you thought about all of that and then kind of i guess a slightly controversial question do you think it's the right move in sending him off this way and not recasting the character because there's a lot of yeah or no or what what do you what do you think about all that do the first one first Mm -hmm. i think it all is really really solid when they decided to redo or do this film obviously one of the talking points or sticking points in the room had to have been what do we want to do to say goodbye to chadwick yeah and you can go a couple of different ways. You can go, like you said, the more morose, traditional, melancholy funeral way. We're all in black and we're mourning and it's crying. and Yeah. Or you can do something that I think is largely more powerful. Mm-hmm. And that is, let's celebrate him. Yeah. We'll do it in our films in what works in a Wakandan way. But let's say goodbye to an important piece of our puzzle in a way that isn't, oh, we're sad. We've already been through sad. Like, we all grieved with that already. Mm-hmm. Let's do it the other way. Let's say goodbye happily. And maybe, Jesse, this just comes from a place for myself, Yeah. which is, you know, when I go to the other side, I don't want some sad thing. I want people to, like, enjoy the music. And, like, I don't say let's make a big, robust party, but I haven't had a sad life. Mm-hmm. And I understand that there's sadness around it, but do you kind of want to see I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah, like, more... I, more celebratory than yes. So to do it in this way that I think is Wakandan proper, lots of color. I mean, the dancing girls that come out in that, that drove are smiling from ear to ear, mm-hmm. which at first I thought, man, is that, and then I realized, yeah, they're saying goodbye in a way that is, that's happy. Mm-hmm. The Wakandans on screen are going to lament and mourn and sad. And they have been for some time, but all of us, have one of two choices to make, and that's how we want to remember him. And I like that Marvel, for all of the decisions that they've made that you and I have taken issue with, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be here. No. That was a big moment for them to give all of Marvel fans with T'Challa. Now, the second question you asked was... The recasting. Is this the right way to go with, you know, definitively killing off the character to reflect the real life of what, what happened, or... Could have we recast it or is then that disrespectful? Like, uh, it's just, it's so hard. I mean, Feige in his boardroom with his charts, right? It's just like, gosh, what do I do? I mean, they got to be, Chadwick had to have figured into so many of their plans going forward as sure. maybe the, like the leader of the Avengers going forward, which you know I'm kind of okay with is, uh, mm-hmm. and he just kind of has to go about it a different way and a different path. And Kugler, I mean, I think Kugler had written a whole screenplay with him in mind, right? Didn't know he was sick. Feige, none of that. No one knew. Right. And then got the news and, you know, everyone was really distraught and mourned in their own way and was just like, well, what do we do with this story now? I mean, like, what's the plan? What do we, how do we best do this in the most respectful way? I got to be honest with you. I think they, they went about it in the best way they possibly could. I didn't want them to recast it. Yeah, that's it felt too soon. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like that they're just going to make a new one. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of choices to choose from, too. So, I mean, they could, you know, down the line, 
with the heart heart shaped herb, we have introduced so many warriors and formidable fighters in this universe. They can make a movie called Black Panthers plural, and there's just like a team, right? Oh, I think we talked about mm-hmm. that in the first one, right? Mm-hmm. That would be kind of cool, right? I mean, and everyone, each one has their own different skill set. Now they're like kind of like, and together as they fight it, they're almost like their own mini Avengers, right? Yeah. And would probably be pretty powerful on the on their own right with Wakandan technology. So you have Umbaku and Okoye and Nakia. Nakia and Shuri, like as a team. That's kind of awesome, actually. I agree with you, it is. <laughs> so that could still be on the table, but I don't know. I think maybe at the end of the day, they I think this is the best the best way this could have possibly gone. Yeah. Delicate material. It's handled well. It wasn't off putting. Mm-hmm. And I think it said goodbye in a way that most people appreciate. Yeah. My eyes watered a little bit during that little Marvel Studios logo. It was just, it was kind of hard to avoid, but to Kugler's filmmaking, his writing, I think, I think this opening is really well done. No disagreement here. So we cut one year later after this and kind of picking up the pieces, Queen uh, Romanda, Angela Bassett's now, you know, in charge of Wakanda and she's going to the UN and, and they're, they're grilling her pretty hard here. I mean, I guess... All the the negotiations with uh, other nations. I guess they're still pretty mad at Wakanda for not sharing technology, but then they're worried about it being used as a weapon of mass destruction because it can't be detected by metal detectors. And Richard Schiff's over there just, like, really grilling, like, Wakanda. And she's like, look, we're grieving. Like, we don't have a warrior. We don't have this. But if you act on us, we're going to fight back. And they kind of juxtapose that with this. Uh, <clears throat> resource center that they've established that's obviously being like ambushed for the Wakandan tech and the door Milaje, man, they just dispose of these people like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think we're setting up some interesting conflict with, you know, governmental agencies that Wakanda is still they're leaderless, powerless, not leaderless, but you, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we're kind of afloat here and we still don't trust them. Right. I mean, there's still this, weird thing about vibranium as a mineral but we want it we want to mine it we want to resource it for our own nefarious needs very much kind of what killmonger was all about in the first one right yeah as much as we like the way that they've sent him off and then ultimately moving to the creation of a new one yeah so let me ask you this are you getting a little tired of vibranium I don't know. I would, I want to see it being used for, for more things, right? I want to see how it could cultivate, you know, just different things and it's how, how powerful it can, it can truly be. But cause what, you know what I thought today yeah. right? <clears throat> watching the film. Yeah. <clears throat> so I got a frog is if vibranium is the thing that is presented in all of these magnificent ways as the movie does, mm-hmm. Thor didn't need to go to a burnout star to make a new infinity gauntlet. They had vibranium. Mm -hmm. Now I I understand why per writing wise, and that's much more enjoyable to watch. Mm -hmm. Peter Dinklage was great. Yeah. But if vibranium, (laughs) what what is this line in that movie? That's what dying. That's what dead means. (laughs) So good. huh? Right. Yeah. yeah, I guess he could have made a vibranium start. That probably would have been better. You almost wonder if it's been underutilized, which plays into the mythos of vibranium too, which mm-hmm. is why you maybe want to keep it out of the hands of God of the unit, the UN. Yeah. But, uh, I found myself thinking about vibranium a lot Yeah, for all of the discussions we've had around the infinity stones mm-hmm. and 
other obstacles presented in the Marvel kingdom through the acquisition of material, infinity and otherwise. Mm-hmm. I think for as much as we've seen Vibranium, and it's been talked about a lot, yeah. there's still a lot that's left unsaid about it. And I wonder if this is done on purpose so that there's mm. an out if we need it or if it's just, well, Vibranium's cool enough as it is, let's just move on. Sure. N- neither one of those is a criticism, and I'm, I, I just... For some odd reason, I really found myself going down a vibranium rabbit hole. Yeah. And wondering if Cap Shield is vibranium, mm-hmm. how is it so sturdy? Yeah. Because it is vibranium, right? Mm-hmm. And then it poses another inium question, which is adamantium. Yeah. We're waiting for that one to show up, right? Which is Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's we've seen it already before, but not in this Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that there's some stuff to play with there. I think so too. Yeah. And I, I like that. It's, it's still being treated so mysteriously on its purposes, its uses. And we're almost kind of falling into the same pitfalls of King T'Chaka, right? Yeah. Keeping everything really, really, really close to the chest. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the point. Cause maybe T'Challa was all about opening borders and being more open about our nation, how we're going to use things. We're going to fight a battle here. Like, we're going to try and save the planet. And here we go again, new leadership, and we're kind of closing it off again. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, Angela Bass is really good in this movie. Uh, she has a lot to carry on on her shoulders. Uh, but also pretty surprising, too. I mean, now you have all these characters that were supporting fodder. Letitia Wright as Shuri, now having to take, you know, the lead role here. I think she does a pretty good job in this movie, too. And I, I uh, kind of will see how we get to the end with her character arc. But I like what they do with her here. It's almost like the pissed off teenager who's kind of going through some fits, right? Yeah. But rightly so. I mean, she w- couldn't save her brother. It's just the, these two women trying to run this house. Uh, I love the lines. Sure. Is like, like the queen just commanded you. She's like, yeah, the queen said that, but that's my mom. Like, right. It's just like, I can only bow down to the royalty so much because it's my mother. I still know what she looks like in the morning. It's my mom. (laughs) Exactly. She makes terrible oatmeal. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like what they're setting up there and them trying to kind of make a breakthrough with that. But we cut to the Atlantic ocean and there's this team of CIA. I mean, you know, blink and you'll miss Lake Bell in this movie, right? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I wonder, I was like, oh man, is this she like going to be a major character in this thing? Because I know her from a wide variety of different of different films and television shows. She's not going to be in this very much longer. Uh, this vibranium scouting extraction mission by the CIA we're about to find out is all going to go tits up when we're about to meet our, our foe for the film, the Talo Khan uh, and... Namor, the Submariner. What did you think about this this scene on this boat? Did it remind you a little bit of something we've written? Frogmen ascend the boat? It did. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it did. I thought it was, that was really cool. And their little s- s- siren song that makes men plummet to the depths, I thought mm-hmm. was really cool. Mm-hmm. But talk about Avatar and the Navi. You got these blue warriors that I think look way more interesting than anything uh, in Cameron's film. Uh, and I'll be on record saying I actually like Avatar, 
but their headdresses, their weapons, the way they look, the way they fight, the way they attack, I'm pretty on board. It's almost kind of a suspenseful scene when they start showing up and then when Namor shows up and like just grabs this helicopter by the wheels, you know, what do you think about this? Because we're really hard on antagonists and villains and villain armies in this cinematic universe. We got a brand new one here. What do you think of this? <clears throat> that all of the people on the boat just plunge themselves into the ocean to their own demise mm-hmm. is really telling to me. I thought to myself, there's no way these people are actually jumping into the water to die. Yeah. They are. Yeah. If he has that kind of range, which is done through some siren song in the water, and then his army shows up and you see his army, Atuma, and I forget who the other one, the, the, the other person's name is, mm-hmm. lay waste to anybody that opposes them. Then before we meet Namor, there's a really important question that needs to be answered. And it's if those guys that are helping him are that powerful, holy smokes. Yeah. What does Namor have? I know. Because you've got to keep them in check. Otherwise, you have a mutiny. Yeah. Add to that, mm-hmm. the ones that come out of the water do not look like Namor. So there's not even, we're going to swear allegiance or fealty to you based on skin color because yeah. we're the same, even though they are kind of the same. Yeah. Because Namor's not blue. Mm-hmm. He's humanoid. Well, it's interesting. It, like, <clears throat> they're only blue on the surface. Mm-hmm. When they're in Talokan, yeah. they're r- like us, right? Yeah, so... I think it's great. And when his acolytes square off against essentially Dora Milaje Mm -hmm. and destroy them, you recognize, man, we might have a real fight on our hands here because Mm -hmm. those Dora Milaje are badass. And Atuma and whatever the owner's name is went through them like a hot knife. I know. Yeah. Kind of wiped them out. Like Koya kind of gets her ass kicked, doesn't she? Yeah. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So I guess the answer to your question, which is really long-winded now, was I really like it, and I think that they've created a formidable villain. Seems to be protecting whatever resources are in the water from the hands of... Government? Which... <laughs> the hands is, that be? Yeah. yeah, which this is important, Jesse, because isn't that the what the Wakandans are doing too? Yeah, that's the exact same thing. It's, it's now a new race... Or mm-hmm. arms race, yep. Yeah, of uh, this mineral, and we're about to establish a villain that, at the end of the day, when he starts talking, it's like, you know what, bro, mm-hmm. you ain't wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong either, right? You got some good points, and I can see why you would be so formidable and intense about wanting to protect your land, your people, and your resources, because you've always been looking out for just your people the entire time. And you've seen what people will do once they get a hold of it, right? Uh, when you watch this film and the trailers prior to watching the film, you can't help but see the differences between Wakanda versus Tactalon. Ta- 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 what's it called? Tawakan. Tawakan. Mm-hmm. And see that these two vastly different societies are going to come into conflict with each other. Yeah. I want to watch the water fight the land, even though there is a large role that water plays in Wakanda as well. Mm -hmm. They're very different. And I think that creates an opposition through opposites. Mm -hmm. However, if they both ultimately are after the same good, I think it does two things. Number one, it makes it very difficult to align an allegiance to good or bad. 
And secondarily, it gives them a way out at the end to join forces against a larger foe if needed. Yeah. And I think that's important because at some point, Marvel is going to have to square because Namor doesn't die in this film and they're not wasting that character. Thank God. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because they wasted Killmonger. Yeah. And that that was a mistake. Yeah. Okay. But for all the mutant stuff that's coming, Namor plays a role and they have to have a leader of the water element in MCU now that it's been introduced. With some redeemable trait, because as bad as Namor is, mm-hmm. as often as he is, yeah. there are some monumental moments where he is good as well. Yeah. So I think what you said is important. You can understand what he's saying and you see, yeah, you do have some good points. I kind of get it yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just the way you're going about it, right? <laughs> Again, execution. Yeah. yeah. For all, you know, for all of the Ultrons and Dark Elves and oh, fuck. <laughs> Whiplashes and whatever the fuck, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What were those guys called? Oh, the Flag Smashers. Flag Smashers. <laughs> for all the tasks we've taken them to, let's let's just acknowledge. No, this is even gore initially, not in execution, but in design initially, was pretty solid. Yeah. So Marvel's got it something figured out there about how we make villains not quite so hellish to the audience's appetite. I'm going to come at you with a hot take right here. Oh, hold on. Let me get some more liquor. Yeah. I think this is the best thing they've done in this entire phase is... I won't argue with This that. introduction of Talokan and Namor is... It's done so well. And so the next scene we have is, yeah, yeah, pour me out, is uh, Shuri and Queen Romanda trying to help her move on, right? We've mourned for a year. We need to go burn the funeral garments here. And now it's time to move on. No more sulking, no more doubt, no more grief. We've had that time. And so she's really trying to do her best. And then who kind of disrupts that is... Now, Maud comes to the surface, and we got to talk about this, and, okay, we're going to bring in comic book history here. He's been around since, like, 1941. The Defenders, right? Yeah. Well, he's, it was, like, it was Cap, it was the Human Torch, and Namor, mm-hmm. uh, all in those World War II comics, right? And he was always kind of a bad guy, but he was kind of good. Like, you could never figure him out, right? And then Marvel kind of... Comics went away post-World II, and then they came back with the Vengeance in 61, right? With Mm -hmm. the Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. And they brought him back, too, and the Human Torch and Cap. And kind of the way he figures into, mainly as a Fantastic Four character at the end of the day. As far as I know, I don't think he's ever been portrayed as the Mayan version that we see in this film. Yeah. And I don't know if this was Feige or I want to say, God, this sounds like a Coogler decision. Whose ever decision it was to lean into a different mythology that was more built on Mayan traditions, decor, costuming, uh, heritage deserves a top shelf medal because it's a fucking great decision instead of doing what they've already done with Aquaman. Right. Thank you. And yeah. Jason Momoa. Yes. This idea and portrayal trumps anything that came in Aquaman in DC. And this isn't even their movie, right? It's still a Wakanda Black Panther <laughs> film. Right. Whoever's decision that was, I just I was just in such awe. And to Tenek Huerta Mejia, his first acting role, mm-hmm. I think he slays it, man. I think he's this is a good villain. And he comes out of that water and he's just like, you, 
there's a machine out there. A scientist made it. And if you don't bring me that scientist, I, I'm going to come through here. And I have more army than you have blades of grass, I think is the line. Yeah. I'm going to wipe you out. I'm trying to be real with you and reason with you. But if not, you're going to meet fury, hell or high water. Mm-hmm. And I see it. I see both ways. I see the threat and I see him trying to talk down at their level as well. I'm on board the second this guy is on the screen. Like, I'm just extremely captivated by a villain. And I can't say that about this MCU very often. A Loki, mm-hmm. a Thanos, uh, a Zemo, Killmonger, Green Goblin, uh, uh, Willem Dafoe, but that's a borrow from another <laughs> timeline, right? Yeah, yeah. And then this, it's it's very slim pickings. I'm just, I'm in awe right now. I think this, that we're setting up uh, a really interesting confrontation going forward. Maybe he gets to be the Loki for this next round. Mm. Hate him and like him, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and that's clearly been something that's worked well for Marvel. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Loki will still be around in some, I'm, well, he's getting, he's getting season two coming. He's so. still around. <laughs> right? Yeah. But if you have someone that, when you need him can be on your side, but has a very tenuous allegiance. Mm -hmm. Then you kind of put the rooster in the hen house and all of the things that Loki did. Well, I would argue that Neymar might get to do better because I think the sea is a more powerful place than frost giant land. Yeah. Jotunheim. Yeah. (laughs) And there's something that this may be ahead of where you wanted it to be in the show, but I'm going to do it now anyway. (laughs) When we get to Namer's backstory, which is done in kind of a flashbacky mm-hmm. way, there is a really important piece they leave out of that story. Did you get it? Yeah. Who dad is? Yeah. We get who mom is mm-hmm. and what that's all about and why he is what he is. But dad is not ever named, shown, or discussed other than the father. Yeah. That is so powerful because mm-hmm. as much as I don't want to play in an eternal space, or some other cosmic thing, or even, might I dare say, if he's thousands of years old, yeah. are we talking about, like, apocalypse? Yeah. Well, they've kind of already screwed that up with the movie, but they but can erase that. They can do it again? Yeah, they can do it again. Yeah. You're leaving like, yourself. Because he does say the word, doesn't he? He yep. says, I was a mutant. Yes. I was born a mutant. I was born a mutant. He with was, his little wings on his feet. He was born of... Two sides, land and sea. And so, well, it, we'll get to his little backstory because I think that's pretty fascinating as well. But we get to an element. So, okay, so we got to go get this scientist who made this machine. We got to track it down. They track it down to, well, first they go to Bilbo Baggins, right? Uh, Okoye and Shuri. And she's like, let me get her out of here. The fresh air will do her some good, right? So they go track him down and he's tracked. They think that this attack was Wakandans. But they, again, keeping everything close to the chest, they don't want to say, no, there's another threat potentially that could wipe out the whole planet if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they kind of keep that from him. And it's like, no, it's in, it's this uh, student at MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Go check it out. And so then we're introduced to another new character, Riri Williams, who's this very proficient, just like Shuri, knows her way around tech, has made this vibranium machine, and then I guess the CIA like found out about it and took it and they're trying to mine the depths. Uh, now let me say this. And then I want you. Is your... this Ironheart? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is by name? 
I think so. I mean, at the end, she makes a heart thing in her little suit. No one ever calls her Iron Heart in the film. Though. No, 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 no. But credit wise, not either. No, but it is right. It is. It is. Uh, let me say this. Uh, I think this. I think the character fits well into the f- story they're telling. I think the performance is really good. I'll look up the actress's name. I think she's pretty good in the movie. She has some pretty good funny lines yeah. in the film, but her inclusion is the MCU's. They're doing a thing right now, right? And it's something that I want, I could give a fart in the wind about, mm. is this setup for this young yeah, Avengers. team, right? Yeah, yes. Because we've already established Kate Bishop, yep. Haley Steinfeld, yep. uh, young, what's Ka- her? Cassie Lang, Ant-Man. We got a young that. Yelena Belova. Oh, yeah, we got her. Uh, we got a, it's a young Black Widow, a young Hawkeye. I'm sure there's a young Cap running around. Uh, Timmy and Tommy Wiccan uh, from WandaVision. Well, have we met Echo already, too? Yeah, well, she was in the Hawkeye show. Yeah. So, see? So, they're setting up something that I just, I know why they're doing it, but, like, I could give a rip. Like, me too. I me too. Give, give a, a rip. <laughs> uh, no, you're right. A rip. Who cares? At, at the end of the day, like I think maybe if through good writing and execution, they could make Riri Williams a really interesting character. But at the end of the day, I'm still thinking, ah, this is still Tony Stark 2.0. Uh-huh. Like, and I want, I want him, and I don't want that. I'd rather her just be like not in an iron suit, just doing something else. Be superpowered in a different way. It's just we talk about derivative characters all the time, right? Well, we got into this with Marvel, didn't we? We talked about this already a little bit. Yeah. And that's, I think, when we were talking about She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. You definitely want to stake out a claim that is new, fresh territory. Yeah. And with, you know, in Marvel and DC, or Marvel and, and Disney, especially in last week, have gone through, you know, the whole Bob, Bob Iger return. Yeah. And so we'll see where that goes with a terror. This is Disney, not Marvel a terrible annual report, terrible numbers. Yeah. Because as much as Disney thought, maybe we should go with these social narratives. I don't know if the people that support Disney the way they want bought in as much as they wanted to. I think it also might reflect on like the parks you and I like to visit so much. Yes. Like I think they're terrible right now. The genie plus might be, might be gone. Yes. Sucks. Uh, Bob Iger's been like, get that out of there. He did say yes. I think that so like, just not just film wise, this extends to Lucasfilm. And I think the rumors are Kathleen Kennedy after Indy five. She's out. Please God. (laughs) Uh, But a park makeover film makeover is probably a good move, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Bob Iger was gone for what, about three or four years? Yeah. Okay, so he comes back and maybe it's a return to normalcy. But in the meantime, we've taken roles that are clearly established by men. Like we're talking about Thor, yeah. the Hulk, and Iron Man, Jesse. Yeah. And you've just recast them in the feminine. Yeah. And people are calling bullshit. And I don't have a problem with Riri Williams either. But- I don't like, and if you're going to build me the young Avengers, go ahead and build me the young Avengers with, and now Kate Bishop too, you said Hawkeye. Yeah. Make brand new ones I haven't seen before. Exactly. And it's the, not hard to come up with a skill set. And they're pulling from comic books, right? I mean, yes. they're, not, they're not just like making characters from spec. They're making characters that have been established in comic books. But it's just at the end, it's like, is Riri Williams going to, like, do something as emotionally powerful as Tony Stark? That's fair. Snap. And the answer is no. No. So at the end of the day, it's just like, I just wish she was doing something else other than being in this suit with an arc reactor. So I want to ask you a question then, because it's a very, very interesting point you bring up. Yeah. 
nothing right now with Riri Williams and Ironheart. Mm -hmm. There's no way her snap, which is going to kill me and basically take me away from the daughter, which is about the only thing that I have left that I love. Yeah. Because no one really loves Pepper, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow. What's that candle I smell? Yeah. It's your vagina. Never mind. Um, And if anybody doesn't know I'm talking about, look into Gwyneth Paltrow's (laughs) candle collection. True story. Not joking. She's weird. Very fucking gross. She's strange. Yeah. Um, We could be careful. We better be careful here. Okay, so... (laughs) If you want Riri Williams and Ironheart to have that kind of emotional impact on the audience and essentially sacrifice herself the way Tony did in Endgame, yeah. you have to go through many, many tales that involve her. Yeah. My question for you as someone who is on the show, on that mic, yeah. to God's, you know, your ears to God's lips or God's lips to your ears, however that expression goes, has said, I'm already suffering from Marvel <clears throat> exhaustion. Yeah. You just said you like Riri Williams and you're kind of on board with Ironheart. Yeah. Are you on board enough to want to watch that character through X number of films where there might be a possibility that her version of the stat moves the needle? It's an easy no because I've already seen it. Right. Me too. Yeah. So Now, as someone else though, maybe. Yeah. So not as Iron Man 2.0. No, if Riri Williams takes on a different role and she's just like this like Oracle and is a great mechanic and finds this different way that's not a flying suit right i think that's the thing i don't want to see another flying iron man thing in this universe the iron fucking iron lad's gonna show up in one of these things too and oh my god i could care less about that than riri uh iron right they still have war machine exactly we still got don Cheadle floating around in these movies too so but armor wars is coming oh god yeah don Cheadle again it's just everything is just we're in just such second tier territory so all of this Matt, at the end of the day it's going to come down to execution and how they do it if done well they could make entertaining films that get us excited but i just i don't want to see this the same things i've saw for 23 other films leading up to endgame i don't think I, you don't either you blew us up last episode because you said that we made fools of ourselves when we said look at this avengers team that's left and it's like vision oh i and- know yeah we were just too early to the party. Yeah, yeah. Because we're having those same questions now, and it turned out Vision and War Machine and all of those players were been ended up being worthwhile, especially the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Vision and War Machine and the Scarlet Witch, War Machine might be the exception. Those were new characters on screen. Yeah. Ironheart, Kate Bishop, um, Black Black Widow Junior. To a certain extent, yeah. even Shuri as Black Panther yeah. Jr. Yeah, a little bit. Guys, there's so many characters you have in your universe. Sit down, get out a couple of books, read, and do something cool with Ghost Rider yeah, I don't or want, someone I, like that. I don't want Phase 4, 5, and 6 to just be a redo of everything we've seen before, right? We don't so, want that. Well, Kathleen Kennedy is getting the boot. <laughs> Let's make sure she gets her ideas get the boot too and not reheat them. But yeah, just to kind of set that up, because we're going to spend... So they go, and they're going to just tell her, like, hey, we need to bring you back to Wakanda, because this fish man's after you, and uh, what you created, and he wants you dead, so we're going to try and, like, protect you. And, of course, the feds get involved, and it's this crazy chase. I actually think a pretty good action bit, Mm -hmm. driving through uh, Boston here. Yes. Uh, And something that I don't think was in the original Black Panther, but Ryan Coogler is leaning into slow motion more in this film yeah when that water grenade blows up this like sweet this this uh this muscle car and the thing and they go flying and we just kind of stay with it for man it looks awesome it looks so cool Mm -hmm. 
and they're all in pretty bad shape. And I kind of like that. This is just the Okoye show. Yeah. And she's got to do battle with all these. Uh, um, I can't want to call them Atlanteans, but I went to also. Yeah, no, Telocan. We got to get it right. Uh, Telocanians. Yeah, the Telocanians. And they're giving her hell, man. I mm-hmm. mean, this is they're like toying with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like this guy could just take her out. And she's trying her best to just keep up. And you see how proficient they are as a fighter and how she is as a fighter. And it kind of doesn't even matter. I mean, they blow her back into the water and they abduct Shuri and, and Riri. And it's like, oh, my, like, what what the hell? What, like, we're, we're in a bad spot here. So, like, what do we do about it? What did you think of this reveal? And I don't know if this still quite, isn't quite working for me, but I like that they're at least trying to tie it into something. Bilbo Baggins used to be married to Contessa Von Trapp, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, this kind of pseudo-anti-Nick Fury that Phase 4 has been setting up, right? Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested in Everett Ross and like how that might tie into it all because he's at least an ally, and I still can't quite... She's kind of good, kind of not. Like, I don't know what her play is in this thing. Did you think it was overkill having her be in this thing or... No, because I think it's a callback to the television show. And that's one of the things I've struggled with is how much is your television going to incorporate what happens in film? So including her in this, which we first saw her in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. No, I think we first saw her. Remember, she was at the end credits of Black Widow. Remember at the Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I that's think, right. But then she was in that show but a you're lot. Right. Yeah. Okay, you're right. What that's moving to, I think, is... Her version of the Suicide Squad. Yeah, Thunderbolts. Which has been already announced. The question with the Thunderbolts is, who's going to be in there? Because if it's the team that is, what, the the Flag Smasher guy, what the hell is that guy's name? Um, The Captain America. Red Guardian. No, um, in in Falcon Winter Soldier, the, 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 not Falcon, but the other, like, Captain America that was, what the hell is that guy's name? Oh, uh, U.S. agent. There you. Thank you. Damn. Well, he's in it. He's already been named. Yeah. Red Guardian. Red Guardian. Yelena Belova. Taskmaster. What? Yeah. What? Abomination. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Those last two, I have a slight interest in, even though those are not traditional. And maybe Zemo. Oh boy. It did not make our anticipated list because I just I, I don't know what that film is. Right. I mean, like. And then the rumors that I've heard, and I think this is a disaster if they decide to go this way, because I don't know how any of these people can fight this guy, that Sentry's supposed to be the bad guy? Yeah, no. Good luck. Just take it on Superman. Yeah, that's Marvel Superman. Yeah. <laughs> have we met Emil Blonsky yet? Have we seen his name in something? So we have in something. Yeah, no, he He's was, on a computer or something. No, Emil Blonsky was in the Edward Norton Hulk. He was there in film two. Tim Roth. No, no, I know that. What I'm saying is in this new run with Marvel, we've his name shown up on a piece of paper or there's an Easter egg, I think, somewhere with something about him. No, yeah, he's been in it. That, 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 that's, that's film two in this iteration. So he's he's been in it. And he's in She-Hulk. There you go. Yeah. So And, and he was in, do you remember Wong was fighting him in... Uh, yeah, there you go. Shang-Chi. Yes, there yeah, you go. Yeah. That's that that's it. He's been there a couple times. So my question then is to your question. Do I care? <laughs> do you want to go forward with that team that you just mentioned? Uh, I guess. <laughs> I don't have a choice. <laughs> what if it's not Julia Louise Dreyfus? Because I do have issues with that particular cast, Jesse. I don't love her. I don't buy her as anything other than Elaine. Sorry, you did such a good job. You'll only ever <clears throat> always be Elaine. 
I know she and I didn't watch Veep, so whatever. She is a little too funny for me. <clears throat> you know, Seinfeld's my favorite show of all time. I do. I, I don't mind her in this. I just I want to know what it's leaning towards, right? I mean, it's just it's just little pepperings, and of course, it's leading up to this film. But then, like, I don't know if I care about that film. We'll, I'm sure we'll do it on this podcast, right? I mean, <laughs> but do I? Is well, that you some, know in the comics who ends up getting to run with running with Thunderbolts? Don't you, Norman Osborn? Yeah, yeah, as Iron Patriot, right? Yeah, which they've already done that, so. Hey, get Willem Dafoe in that movie. I'm going to care a whole lot more. <laughs> Even impish. <laughs> so, so bring all the impishness qualities. We're getting way off task here with Riri Williams, but I think, okay, so first, let's just say well, this there's is, a lot of seedlings in this yeah. film that are, are setting up potentially a lot of things going forward. So you and my, me might say, I don't want to do another Iron Man 2.0, but if she's the conduit that leads into some of these other avenues, then I guess it's a necessary evil. Sure. Iron Man 2.0 doesn't sound like it's cool until they do it cool also. And I will give Marvel the benefit of the doubt because we all liked Ant-Man. It's execution, right? Right, because Ant-Man was really good. Yeah. And we were both like, fuck Ant-Man, are you kidding me? Hard pass, no way. Yeah. Yeah, it's all until they do it right and do a cool angle on it and like make us really care about it. And again, we have to give them a down until the thing comes out, right? And then after that, we can slay him if we want to. Doctor Strange too. Yeah. I didn't want to see Doctor Strange and I love it now. Yeah. So... Yes. Yeah, it's like your favorite of this whole thing. So That's crazy to hear us say, Jesse, I can't believe that just happened because yeah. we're running out of patience with Marvel. We're suffering from Marvel exhaustion. But that fanboy bloodstream yeah. that's running through you, me, and all of the people that has, have been monetized by Marvel for 29 films yeah. dies hard, man. Yep. It doesn't just go away. No, it doesn't. It's Jason Voorhees. There's expectation and then like, it's what it's, it's uh 500 days of summer expectation reality, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's what we want. And then how we're like, ah, I don't see it. And then until they do it and then, yeah, maybe that was pretty okay. Right. So let's hope the con- Contessa Von Trapp is the reality and not the expectation of I showed up and she gives me a big kiss at the door and then I'm spending the whole night by myself. Well, I think I have to, you know, years ago when they toyed with a Spider-Verse movie with live. I think you and I were just like, yeah, okay, I guess that could be bad. And then it was great, right? It was so, great. So, like, I mean, even in, in our estimation, we can be like, ah, that doesn't sound like a great decision until they do it right. So I think we just have to wait for some of these things. But I'll tell you, like, I think on an excitement gauge, I'm just, I'm just like, not as excited. I have another question for you. Okay. Undefined Marvel Project X. I don't care what it is, but it's going to be big. Gabe, we don't know what it is yet. And I'm not even saying it's something that they've been coy and unannounced. I'm just saying future vision, mid-tier six. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Mid-tier six. Or mid-phase six. This big thing is going to happen. And you have two choices for directors. Do you want Kugler at his best? Or do you want the Infinity guys, the Russo brothers, at their best to tackle it? Honestly? At their best, not at their worst, at their best. I think I want Googler. I think I do too. And I think he shows that later in like, I think the showpiece moment of this film, which is this attack on Wakanda later. Mm-hmm. The guy can do action and do it yes. interestingly and it not be just like so just garishly CGI, right? Uh, I think I want him and I think the rumors, and did I say this, that he's kind of in the running for Secret Wars, which ah, mm. that could be kind of cool. Mm. I don't know who would want that job, man. Can you imagine trying to write that movie? It'd be tough. <laughs> It'd be really, and he's writing them too, right? So, yes. 
Yeah, it's like double duty for him, but I think I do want Kugler because like he he does spectacle, but with like all the character stuff that we really like too. Because for as hard as we can be on the Russos, Infinity War is awesome. I know, yeah, they know spectacle as well. And so the reason I bring that up is I would assume that mid um, phase six, yeah, that's the biggie, is going to be not as contained as Namer versus Wakanda. Not that that's small. That's big too. Don't get me wrong. Those are two, like literally two worlds colliding, but you're not other world and it's still earth based essentially. And you're still mostly working with some human type of thing. You get outside and maybe this is the, maybe this is the moral here, right? You get outside the atmosphere outside of earth and it gets so beyond the pale of what gravity and physics and things we've come to know and govern our lives by Mm -hmm. that it just gets so grand and so vast. That's when things become a mess. You're jumping times, you're seven captain America's in the same place at one given time. Oh, fuck that. You know what I mean? Right? (laughs) Yeah. That's a disaster. And so maybe nobody Russo's here. I'm giving you an out. Maybe (laughs) nobody could have handled that. Yeah, maybe you and I, you and I did a, Three hour show on that. Yeah. <laughs> we named all the things that were wrong. There was a lot of things wrong with that. And we one. talked about a few things that maybe could have been done easier, but that was, man, might I dare say, a nearly impossible right with everybody oh, no. dead I, you, also. If they came to us, man, and as, as you know, as much as we want to write a Hollywood feature, God, that would be a disaster. That would just be so hard to sit down and just try and figure out how do we make this all work. We would go crazy. It might have, we might, we could make it work, but man, we'd just like, we'd really be, we'd be nuts after that. <laughs> Maybe Marvel will learn, let's not take Kugler and burn him by making this playing field so large that not two teams can be on there, but literally seven teams can be playing at the same time. Cause that's the problem with Endgame. Let, it's just too big. Let me ask you this. I'll let me throw a third director in there for you. All right. Okay. You got Kugler at the top of his game, mm-hmm. the Rooster Brothers at the time. What if we get, and I love that he kind of came back in here and he's in the bullpen. Mm. What if we get Sam Raimi at the top of his game taking on one of those as well? Hmm. If we're going to go to the... Because for all the qualms with the Strange of Madness, it wasn't direction. No. It was more story, which yeah. wasn't him, right? Uh, if we go down that path, okay, so... yeah. This is... A, the, okay, uh, I'm going to tell you Raimi probably would be my first choice on this, but I want to quantify this a little bit. Yeah. I think where Kugler really succeeds is with a ritualistic based society. Okay. We've seen it yeah. with the tactile what do we call them? Talokan. The Talokanians yeah. Yeah. and the Wakandians. Yeah. I think where the Russos have really shown their chops spectacle. And larger team spectacle. Yep. Where Raimi really shows off his chops is in the darker side, might I dare say mystic horror element but in the visual yeah so the visual space whatever the proposed hypothesis here of mid-tier six that's going to set the course forward to get to the end of nine yeah is and i'm still leaning towards the agatha harkness mephisto i still think that's the way it's going to end up okay but i could be dead wrong yeah. i just I, that's what i'm thinking harkness is getting her own show too house uh, of agatha yeah <laughs> which we'll see about that yeah God, is it maybe about where they ultimately want this to go? And that brings up a question that I also now want to ask you. We're okay. so far away from Wakanda forever right now. We're just, we're just spitballing. We're riffing. Here's what I want to ask you. Yeah. 
Do you think at this point with five phase with phase five kicking off, okay. they know at this point what the next version of Thanos is or is never going to be again, or they just let's let it organically happen. I think they know now. You think I th- so? I think early on here, like we didn't know a lot, like this Black Widow and then the Eternals, like we don't know what the hell we're doing. Once they announced that phase this next saga was the multiverse saga, which would whatever. Uh, I think there's a plan now. And whether that's Kang and Doom, Kang Doom, Team Up, I think there is a plan for a big bad. And I think it's going to start showing up here as we're going forward. I think there's a little bit more direction now that we're kind of getting out of this phase four of what the hell is going to be going on and where we've left our characters. What I still don't know who fits into all of this is I don't know how a lot of this TV shit fits into it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck the Eternals are doing uh, or I don't care what they're doing. Yeah. I got a good idea about Spider-Man. I got a good idea about Wakanda. I got a pretty good idea about Strange, and that's in a weird place too, right? Yeah. Uh, that might be it. I mean, like I kind of got a good idea of like those general directions and then Kang. And on the horizon of what that, and we met him already, right? In Loki. So other than that, I just, I don't know what everything else has been for other than to tie up bows and deal with grief and fuck around. <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. exactly. So my hope going forward in phase five is that we really start getting on a track of a general, we are building up to this to defeat that, right? I think we want to know where we're going and where we're going to end up. It needs to be structured like the X-Files. Mm-hmm. I'll sit through a season of really cool standalone stories as long as about every four episodes, you tease me a little bit yeah. with Cigarette Smoking Man and The Lone Gunman and Black Oil and Crychek or whatever it is to the larger Believe the Conspiracy It's Real thing is out there. Yeah. That's what Marvel has done well. That's why we've talked about so much the post credit scenes. That's what those are. And those have become almost like a joke at this point. They kind of have. Like you and I have said here, sometimes I feel like I'm attending the movie just to stick through the two hours to see what the post-credit scene is. Mm -hmm. I'm really growing weary of that. And I'm getting a lot less willing. I'll just come to the end of the film. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just skip Black Widow and I'll just come check out the post-credit scene. That's all I need, really. That's really all that mattered. Because that movie was terrible. And that was one of the better ones in phase four. I can't wait to see your rankings of the phase four stuff. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But no, it's good. I think I think we're really trying to define where we're going and what the journey is going to look like and who's going to be involved and what the directors and the look of it. I'll take a Raimi Secret Wars. I'll also take a Ryan Coogler Secret Wars. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of play there with a lot of these people that have been introduced. The bullpen, we'll, they'll call it the Marvel. That's what they used to call it. Marvel the, bullpen. Yeah. Stan Lee and his writers and Romita and all these guys. It was the Marvel bullpen. He had all these great people you could turn to. This started with Namor and, and who's Namor's father. Was. So I'm going to take it back to that for a second and not his father, well, but just Namor. Let me ask you a question. Well, let's go there too. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Is Namor too powerful for what Wakanda has to offer sends a recognized Black Panther at this point. I don't think I don't think too powerful. He's pretty powerful. He is pretty powerful. Uh I love his strengths and then ultimately how they play into his weaknesses mm-hmm. a little bit later. But think of think of this as a bad guy. He's a guy that's formidable on 
land and sea. Yep. <laughs> like, how do you fight something like that? So th- th- that is intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. How they have to then use intellect, which been very well established in Wakanda. Is they're very intellectually superior, and I like how they best him as best they can in the finale. Right. Yeah. It's almost like if Namor is going at the new Black Panther full strength, there's she's going to lose, right? Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't think so. And, and the, the, let, let's get there. So because they they take Shuri and Riri to Talokan or this cave just outside of it, and then I kind of really, really, really like this courting process between Namor and Shuri. It's all. It's happening. Like I don't know if uh, I don't know if you got romantic oh, yeah. vibes. How I, can you not? I kind of did. Uh, and this yes. journey, and I like how respectful he is. Like this is a man mm-hmm. that could like just kill her right now, right? Yes. Look, come learn about my people. I'm gonna tell you all about my backstory, or maybe that's with Nakia's. They get the backstory there, but no, he tells it. Yeah, he tells her the back, the backstory of like, look, I was born here. We were. They were replenishing our resources. We were all dying. Uh, my father went and found this, you know, herb. We turned it into this thing that we all drank. It made everyone sick. And then we realized we couldn't breathe on land and we had to go into the ocean while I was in utero, right? Yep. I don't know how they filmed it, but then they do like a birth scene underwater, which is nuts. Nuts. And again, and then he's a, he's a child of both worlds. And doesn't age the way we normally do. So when his mom grows old and dies, he takes her back onto land to go bury her and sees the horrors and atrocities of mankind. Mm. And I kind of like that it's the conquistadors, like it's another new enemy, the the slavery with that. And he's just like, oh man, I ain't cool with that. And just wipes them all out yeah. as a child. So you see this built up hatred and uh, propensity with conflict that Namor has had for hundreds of years that he doesn't want to risk his people and his resources to the land dwellers. Yeah. And their land looks cool that she gets in that little submersible, goes to the, the heart of uh, Talokan with him. It looks really cool. It's a unique looking like, it, I mean, I'm telling you, it trumps anything in Aquaman with Patrick Wilson and Seamonger or whatever the hell he was called. I'm trying to remember that movie five years ago. Mm. Uh, it's just, it's a unique look. It's uh, it's beautiful. I love that they're playing. The game that they're playing is even from Mayan culture. Uh, yeah. With the the circular stone, and yep. they, they do like a hip check into the stone. Now, it, the old-time Mayans, they used to play that game with severed heads. Yes. <laughs> I just, I love all that those little touches, right? And then when we get right down to it, because eventually he, uh, this is all going to go tits up, and... You know, Nakia's going to come. We got to talk a little bit about her and her role in this whole thing because she plays a very important part in Wakanda forever. Yeah, she does. But Namor's throne, which I think is a megalodon shark skull and his feather serpent god attire. Oh, dude. It's fucking awesome. Awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. It is awesome. And his theme, his musical theme, which the music in this film, just it rocks just like the first film. But, like, as he's, like, talking to his people, like... Rise Talokan, and he's telling them we're gonna go in there. And as calmly and eloquently as the performance can be, it's so cool. It's just like it's that throne, man. Like if Hot Toys does a version of the throne with that look, I'm buying it. You're getting oh, it. I'm getting it. <laughs> that's so cool. I love it. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, 
Do, do you like his origin yeah. and just yes. his, his his whole vibe and where he's got, he, he essentially it boils down to we need to kill her because she'll make more. Um, and sure, he's like, let we'll take her and protect her, and then we can kind of come to some sort of an alliance, right, and work together. And it looks like that's going okay. And then Nakia kind of comes and just fucks it all up. Yeah, but she's just there on assignment from mm-hmm. mother, who's kind of. I'll do. I'll move hell or ocean water mm. to find my daughter. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't fault anybody in this movie. They're doing things that I would do if I was in their shoes. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's that's it exactly. There's no suspension of disbelief because you can see everybody's move logically is what you would have made yourself. If you can do that, audience buy-in means you like the characters. It means you're thinking about the characters. Those are all writing elements that prove this is working very well to this point in the movie. And it is. It's working really well. Mm -hmm. You've got a cool world to look at. The Talokanians are very interesting. I also love when they're on above the water and they have their little aqua mask. That yeah. they're, that's awesome. Their gills, they're blue. They, it just looks great. Mm-hmm. Wakanda looks great also. Yeah. So smash them together and then you add your water grenades. Those are great, man. Yeah. What a cool idea. Yeah. Water's going to blow. No, it's not. Well, watch this. Yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. The one question I have for you <laughs> with, as I've said that 50 times, yeah. is Namer a bit too smooth for you? Do you want to be more ripped? He doesn't need to be Chris no, Hemsworth. You, you're good with him. Good. It's, it's kind of like it's that? like a almost like a Mexican luchador, like fighter, like, kind of is, like yeah. a wrestler. Kind of is I'm a little kind bit. of good with the look. Yeah, I didn't know about that. I just I, I don't know how I feel about that. I just thought I'm surprised they didn't go. I love the, body electric. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like super shredded yeah. underwater. Which yeah, I guess he's looked like that in the comics. <laughs> But he's also way more boring looking in the comics compared to this guy. I love this. It sucks in the comics. Let's I love to say pi- it. He's I love terrible. this piercing he has between his nose. Yeah. It's almost like this like jade mineral. Like yeah. just like I, I can't praise that part enough. But yeah, Lupita Nyong'o, where's she been in? She was a big part in the last film. Uh, yeah, she didn't go to the funeral. She's living in Haiti, teaching kids. And uh, Angela Bassett goes is like, look, I need a favor. You're the best Wakandan spy we've ever had. Go find my daughter where she's at. And yeah, she locates them and kind of does a bad thing and like kills one of them. And that's just kind of the signal of war, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to come through your people and just, I'm going to, I'm going to wreck them. So once everyone's reunited in Wakanda and Shuri's trying to tell her like Namor had some good, and he gives her a bracelet, right? Mm-hmm. That his was given to his mom. And I love how that bracelet's going to tie into a little bit later. It's just almost like fate grants you this because of that, right? Namor's like, well, I'm going to come to you. And when he shows up in Wakanda with his people ready to do battle, oh my God, these people, these poor people, they're not ready for an onslaught from the ocean the way they get it. They're blowing up the port. You know, Namor comes in, he's taking all the aerial, because he can fly, the guy can fly, He's superior on land and in the ocean. He can do this where he recharges, right? Yep. It's a very formidable foe we're creating here. Yeah. And I like that there is some sort of sympathy between him and Shuri of like, look, I tried to reason with you. I tried to be real with you and you didn't take my offer. So now I'm, I'm going to come and take everything. And man, he blasts Angela Bassett and Riri with one of these grenades. They nearly drown. She does drown, mm-hmm. and Namor's parting line is, mourn your dead, or bury your dead, mourn your losses. 
you're the queen now. Oh my god! Like, what is uh, that's that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's hard for and uh, go ahead. I jump in. I also like that they they killed off the queen. Mm. If we're gonna wipe the slate clean, let's go ahead and wipe it entirely clean. I didn't think they were gonna do that. I was pretty shocked by that. Because yeah, because then you you just get to take all of that foliage out of there and and start fresh. And if we're gonna do it, let's go ahead and do it. Oh yeah. And for sure, yeah, I mean, she's no one now, right? I have Umbaku, which, gosh, you can figure this guy out, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, he's so cantankerous and like only looking out for his people, but he's still in it for Wakanda, right? Yeah. More than the last film. Yeah. She's got nobody. I, You know, I, I feel bad for her. I mean, having to deal with all these sudden tragic losses, trying to... Uh, care for a nation that is now going to be plundered by a superior army force. Like, what do we do? And after all this morning and kind of recollecting, she kind of looks at this bracelet and analyzes that the minerals it was made from are vibranium, right? It's, this is something, could we use this to replicate the heart-shaped herb from the beginning of the film? And I think she gets it up to like a 98.7% completion and she's like print it let's let's see what that looks like and i like that i like the the the, the great thing about her character has always been her intellect right yeah how she's learned everything how she's able to process technologies and i like that we're synthetically recreating the heart-shaped herb uh and that she's gonna take it uh, and see, like, because we need the the panther protector, right? We can't, if I'm going to fight that guy, like, I can't do it how we are, right? No. Tech isn't enough to fight him. We need superior advantage. So she takes it, and then she goes to the ancestral plane. And I got to tell you, Matt, I, I was trying to, I was like, I was like, okay, this is what, she's going to take it. She's going to go to the ancestral plane, and she's going to go see... T'Challa went and saw uh, T'Chaka and was always like, Dad, this land's great. Or he went back a second time and was like, Dad, you fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you should have brought Killmonger here. And I was convinced. She's going to take that herb and go, and Angela Bassett and her are going to have a good heart-to-heart that's going to set her on her place. And I could not have been more wrong when Michael B. Jordan shows up as Killmonger and was like, why did you take the herb? And what they've established in Shuri, and I think really well done, is the guilt and anger of loss. Of course she would see him, right? Of course. And so he asked her, why did you take the herb? Is it to do the right thing or is it to take care of business like I did? And it's to take care of business like he did. There's some anger there that could lead to taking someone's life. Mm -hmm. Did you like that? Did you like that? I mean, we were wondering if he was going to be in this film. Yeah. His little two parts were great. Mm-hmm. The voice of wisdom from beyond, but the darker side of wisdom, not the traditional take care of everybody and blah, make sure you love them. Kind of, no, this is what I would exactly expect Killmonger to say. And what a good callback too. So this has happened a couple times now, right? So yeah. we've seen Killmonger. Yeah. We've also seen Mighty Thor. Yep. <clears throat> hey, everybody, when you're dead in the Marvel Universe, you may not be dead. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You might come back. You just might. But no, it's a great inclusion, and yeah, I've just totally just threw everything on its ear of expectation. So she comes back, she has the abilities, and is like, well, suit up. They've moved all of Wakanda up to the mountains in Mbaku's land, and 
we got to make a stand against uh, Winston Duke's really good in this movie too as Umbaku. And just kind of like all the wise, sagely conversations he's having with Shuri about, uh, you know, power and the throne yeah. and the yeah. people and how best to protect her and how best to watch out for each other. Now, we get to the finale here and, you know, we're going to meet Namor on his terms and we got to take the fight to him and try and find a way to defeat him. I do got to tell you, Matt, I didn't really love this finale. No, <laughs> I didn't. How come? I didn't. I don't think I like the stuff on the boat. I love when they're they're both fighting on sea, or on the the shore. Mm-hmm. But like, it's getting pretty ridiculous. I mean, we got all the telecons, you know, a, a rising up the boat, and you know, we got Ironheart flying around, and then Okoye and her again, the second in command, they're flying around in this new like blue beetle suit. Like that was pretty ridiculous. So all that shit, like I could just, I could just do away with, right? And it's a lot of cannon fodder and and whatnot. And we got to have something going on there. I did appreciate that we weren't sky beaming and trying to blow up a city, right? It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty self-contained finale where not a lot of collateral damage and like we're not like beaming shit down from space. So that's okay. But once they once they're fighting on on the shore, I did really like that. They have made a couple of hints in the film about what Namor's weakness is. Yeah. Which you're going to find out is drying him out. Mm-hmm. So I guess alcohol? Depriving oxygen. <laughs> I have a drink of Jack Daniels rye <laughs> single barrel. So I think the fact that that's kind of where his final stand begins is literally on a desert is pretty smart. Yeah. Um, again, that's really the third environment we've seen, though, that's new to us. Because Wakanda looks like Wakanda. And Talakan looks like Talakan, and he's fighting literally in a desert. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the battles between all of the warring forces, uh, I found to be pretty interesting because there is like the ascending frogman element, and there is um, on the deck of the ship. I do sort of feel like the Wakandans have the war, like the walls are closing in around them because I think they're just outnumbered. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, but they only need to hang on for a little while until Shuri's able to carry forth her plan in the desert with Namor. And you know, the first time I've ever seen that happen was not in this film. There isn't Spider-Man and his amazing friends like Iceman and <laughs> nice. Firestorm <laughs> nice. where they do the same thing to Namor. Okay. They dry him out with alcohol. Like, I don't think they got it from there. I yeah. hope they didn't. But yeah, Ryan Coogler watched that exact episode. That's because it's used at. Yeah. yeah. No. But uh, yeah, it works. I don't know. Um, well, it looks seem like, that you didn't. I mean, I, I see what your where your qualms lie. Well, with it's that, just a lot of flying around and is. that kind of bullshit. But like when, when they're fighting fisticuffs on the beach, I'm I'm very much engaged in that. Sure. And it looks like Namor's just gonna like do her in, and it's like almost a Namor at like forty percent, right? Yeah. Maybe thirty five. He had 30. his wing severed, right? He had a wing severed. He's being he's already dried out. He's on land. He needs to get in that ocean to get a get a refresh. And he's still giving her hell, mm-hmm, and it, mm-hmm. like when he got, she gets speared against that rock. I'm like, oh, that's that's it. Curtains. That's an interesting ending there. And then he limps, literally limps his way back to the ocean, and she finds it within herself to get out of that uh, spear. Oof. And then like is about to give it to him too. And I gotta tell you again, if it's a Feige decision or a Kugler decision, whoever in the development team had the restraint 
to not kill this character. Yes. To them. <laughs> is getting some big praise for me because normally they probably would, right? Yeah, what a and, waste, and, yes. and, and exactly a waste. Well, we could just use that character again. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like Ultron. Like, why did we dispose of Ultron so matter-of-factly, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big villain in the Avengers Marvel Universe. And the weekend of Ultron, right? Yep. But here they don't, and it's almost like they agree on equal terms of when they're on the ship there. It's like, hey, our fight's over. Let's go back to the sea. And then the final shot with Namor and the second in command, the girl. Matuma? I don't remember. I think that was the guy's name. You're right, it is. Yeah. Uh, she says, I've for years I've always wanted to fight alongside you, and I never thought it would kind of end up like that. And he was like, don't think of it that way. Now they're indebted to us. So if they ever come into conflict, who are they going to turn to? They're going to turn to us. So he kind of saw it as a power play, right? Mm -hmm. Smartly. But, man, that ain't the last we're going to see of that guy. And I'm very thankful for that because it's almost like we've changed his heart a little bit where he can be on the good side. Uh And, Matt, I know you, and you want to see this as much as you want to see Fantastic Four – Man, I want to see this Namer, Sue Storm, Reed Richards oh, love triangle because how good could that be now that we've established a good Namer? It's going to be great. Yeah. Like, I hope they lean into that a little bit. Me too. He should be in the Fantastic Four movie. I mean, like, why beat around the bush? I mean, yeah. he should be in it. How could he not be? Yeah. So we wrap things up. Riri gets her car fixed up, goes back to school. She can't take her super special suit, thankfully. Uh <laughs> Uh, we break Everett Ross because he's been arrested by Von Trapp, his ex-wife, for treason. They bust him out. What? However that's going to play into Thunderbolts or whatever, we don't know. But then we get this final moment with Shuri going to Haiti to Nakia's place. And it's this final, let's wrap things up. I'm going to finally bury my or burn my funeral garments and we can now move on. Kiss it, bless it, and we're done with it, right? Yeah. And that's a, it's a really powerful moment. I mean, it's it's all she's the last member of this clan, right? This blood of it's just her. Yep. She burns it, and she can finally move on, and it's emotional for her. And then we cut to black, and I was like, if that's the end of the movie. I think that's a pretty good ending for her for what they've set up with her character. If she's going to go on as the new Black Panther, or they're going to be a team of Black Panthers, or whatever that's going to look like going forward. I'm pretty okay with that. And then we come back to our in credit scene. And Matt, this was something I had been hypothesizing for a long time. And I don't know what it means going forward and young Avengers be damned. I really kind of like what they did here with this. So yeah. Do you want to set it up? With uh, the introduction to your aunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Shuri heads back to, Meet with Nakia, and I, I think not only share the last little bit of mourning, but I think try to kind of, I sort of feel like she's trying to coax Nakia back to Wakanda. Sure, yeah. Which would make sense. Mm-hmm. But as Nakia comes back, she's got a little boy in tow. And as a teacher, it's easy to dismiss it like, oh, that's one of her students. And then you kind of start getting into it, and he starts telling her what his name is, and they start having this, I forget what his name was, before he gives his name name. Let me look it up. They have a nice moment, and you're starting to see, like, okay, Shuri's matured. She's already put the Black Panther suit on, and she's growing into the claws. Toussaint. 
which is a really beautiful name. Mm -hmm. And then he says, it's not my real name. My Wakanda name is T'Challa. T'Challa. And then you get like, oh, Nakia was pregnant. And maybe that's why she kept the hell away Mm -hmm. from all the things in Wakanda because she wanted to protect her son. Yeah. And that buys off a lot of the think the guilt that I had for Nakia's decisions to not say goodbye to the man she was in love with. Yeah. And, and, it, and I think it buys the MCU back in to make a Black Panther film with uh, T'Challa if they want to. And in some time, because what's he, seven? I mean, they can yeah, age Yeah, he's like be, seven. It'd be 20 years from now, right? They uh, can age him with just a simple recast. But there is another young Black Panther on the way coming. And I like that it's familial. I do too. It's blood. Mm-hmm. If everything that's been about family lineage and bloodlines uh, that have screwed up Wakanda with Killmonger, right? Yeah. And where we're at now, I, man, I think this is a really touching finale. And dare I say my eyes water again, when he says my name's to and they all kind of hug there on the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it's, it's really nice. Yeah. Uh, again, like he's not going to be the young Avengers, black Panther. Like, and that's something again, I do not want to see that. No. But if you're trying to, again, tie the bow on this ribbon of send off and remembrance to Chadwick Boseman, I think this is a really nice send-off. It's not disrespectful. I think it's it's a really good way to pay tribute. Agreed. And then that's it. No final end credits. And I, I kind of like that. I did this. You just let this one uh, uh, ferment, right? He's over. Go home. And you just kind of think about it a little bit. We don't need to set up the next thing on top of emotion, right? I mean, we'll get there when we get there. Just let goodbye to T'Challa be goodbye to T'Challa. Exactly. Yeah. I'm And I'm okay with that. Movie's over. I thought Go that home. I thought that was a, a really good way to wrap up the 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 film. Me too. Uh, a little over long was this two forty one. I could have done with twenty minutes less. Yeah, twenty five minutes less. And there was they could have cut that. There was yeah, exactly. There was some space in there to do that. But the movie's making bank right now. It's going to coast its way through the winter. I mean, this is still going to be a successful film for them. But I'm really curious if the script will ever get leaked that Coogler did pre. Bozeman death. Mm. I would just want to know how it figured how he figured into that story. Cause I think it still was going to be a name or story mm. uh, just with him as the character. Right. Mm. And not this, you know, sister queen story. Yeah. But yeah, that's the end of phase four. Uh, what's your favorite tasting note of black Panther Wakanda forever? It might be that first battle with the Takalanians versus Okoye on that pier or bridge or, they man, they really dish it out. They're terrific fighters. And Akoya armed with that spear is a pretty formidable foe either. But man, it barely moves the needle. That really made me kind of realize, man, these guys are not to be trifled with. Yeah. This is a bad, bad group of people. Bad in so far as furious. Yeah. You better watch out. Good choice. I don't I don't take Akoya to lose a battle against anyone anytime. She's fierce. Yeah. 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 I kind of felt bad for her too because she gets stripped of her title, yeah, right? Does, and yeah. they're just like, yeah, we're Angela Bad. You, you feel for her too. I mean, she's like, I've lost my husband, my son, my daughter now, and I gotta let you go. Yep. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mine's gonna be uh, uh, Namor's backstory, mm-hmm. Thanos esque, right? I mean, we get to see a young version of him grow up and see yeah. the horrors and atrocities from his point of view, right? And that impacts his thinking and his motivation going forward, just like Thanos. And again, it's just like, oh man, it's taken, this character's been around, he's almost 100 years old. And they found a cool new 
unique way to do him and, and mm-hmm. a very cool backstory. Mm-hmm. Him being birthed underwater. Like, I was just, it was so awesome. That is awesome. Uh, that's going to be my scene. Good choice. What's the... Oh, my God! Moment. I don't think Marvel had the balls to let those people walk off the ship to their death, and it happens <laughs> twice in the movie. Yeah. Um, like the Lake Bell thing you were talking yeah. about. Those people are dead. Yeah. They're dead. Yeah. It's, how are you going to swim back onto a boat? <laughs> right, exactly. That's six, seven, 18 stories high. Yeah, no way. Yeah, they're dead. Those people are dead. Yeah. That was it. I couldn't believe it. And they use it again when they go to mm-hmm. Wakanda, right? And yeah. all those people plummet to their doom mm-hmm. as well. Uh, yeah, plug up uh, when you fight the telecons. <laughs> uh, my, up. I think I'm going to go with Queen, Queen Romanda's death. I didn't think they would go that way with yeah. this entry. I mean, we've already had death to open the film, death in the middle of the film. I didn't mm-hmm. think they'd go there. I think they'd keep some of these people around. But to them, I mean, no one's safe. Wakanda looks a lot different now than it did the beginning of the film. Like what you said there, no one's safe. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, we, we've often criticized, man, they're keeping too many people in these movies. You can't kill Iron Man in the second film that's called Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, no. Exactly. Who's the master distiller on Wakanda forever? Ooh. I, you're probably going to go with Coogler, and I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm going to give it to Winston Duke. I think his role as M'Baku did something more than just make me appreciate him, but I think what happened is... With the absence of a Black Panther and thus the absence of a formidable male presence in Wakanda, yeah, that I think needs one. Not, not, yeah, like Wakanda in the pages of the script in Wakanda canon needs a male leader. Doesn't have maybe have to be the primary throne holder, but he steps up at a time. And I think provides some pretty sage wisdom and advice. Yeah, when he's been in the last film, he was just like, God, he was angry. Angry, wild card, could care less. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's really kind of come around a lot. And I think he delivers it really well. I think Woodson Duke gives a really solid performance as M'Baku in this. So that's who I'm going to give it to. I would give it to Coogler, but Tenok Huerta Mejia in his first film, does a good job. I man, I, I I want more. I want more of this character. I, I got to see where this is going because you really impressed me with your portrayal and execution on Namor in the MCU. Like it, I it could have just been Aquaman 2.0, and it is definitely not. That's well said. Yeah. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Yeah. How are you going to rate and grade Wakanda Forever? Our rating system based on liquor. We have Rocket Well Call. Single barrel, Jack Daniels, mm-hmm. and top shelf. Where are you going for this one? Call Plus. I really, really liked it. It's the best phase in the, it's the best film in this phase for me. It was a little bit long. More than Spider-Man? Oh, no, never mind. Sorry, take that back. Okay. okay. <laughs> second. <clears throat> We're going to get to that in just a minute. Yeah, just a second, yeah. Um, it was a little bit long for me. Yeah. And there were a few moments where I really did catch myself saying, God, I kind of wish that the Black Panther was here in suit, sure. ready to go. And I understand there's a process to get back to that. Yeah, um, That's about the only qualms I can say that made it not quite be single barrel or top shelf, but it truly is an excellent piece of film. It did what I needed to do, and that's finish saying goodbye to Bozeman. And that's give me a reason to give a damn about whoever's going to be the next Black Panther. Yeah, And give me a good bad guy that I'm glad they didn't waste. They, he's still around, yeah. so good for that. I think I'm going to go single barrel minus. Okay. 
this was, I think this had to have been a lofty effort for Kugler and Feige. And it was like, how do we make a film now that we've lost our lead actor to a real life tragedy? Right. What do we do? Like, how do what execution wise, how do we move on from that? How do we pay respects to that? And how do we still tell a cohesive story that sets up what we still want to do? I thought they did a really good job. I mean, from a heart and an emotion standpoint, I think this film is has been better than a lot of the other MCU offerings. Great villain, great action. Again, yeah, I'm with you. A little too long. Like, we got to get these movies under 215, 220, and now I'm okay. 240, man, you're killing me here. Yeah. Uh, but the music's good. Wakanda still looks great. The acting's great. Um, yeah, you got some stuff in there, like Young Avengers you're trying to shove at me. Whatever, I'll watch it when it comes out, I guess. But other than that, you know, this I think this is a very enjoyable movie. I mean, for all the disappointments of Phase 4, the She-Hulks and Winter Soldiers and this and that and the Eternals and that, I was not disappointed with this film. I, it, felt, it felt exactly what it needed to be. Uh, and if that's the Capital 4, I mean, yeah, single, it's, it's unique. I, I enjoyed it. I could, I could watch this one again. And um, not as good as the first one. I mean, that would surprise. Truly, we gave that top shelf a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't quite go that high, but this this was still good. I, I think the MCU needed this, right? They kind of needed a little win after so much mediocrity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds like a tease in the industry, what yeah, you just said up there. Let's wrap up with a nightcap. theme reminds me of godzilla yeah exactly yes yeah. <laughs> for sure that's why i liked it like yeah. boom 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 Hurrah! yeah the godzilla yeah. screaming awesome it would be that. yeah awesome yeah okay so now that we've reached the end of phase four we're not gonna fiddle around with the tv shows i want your ranking of film all the films in phase four so let me get the list i believe there is seven of them yep uh yeah, let's just go from the top uh down seven seven six six five five four four like that. Are you? Yeah, understand? why not? Yeah, let's do it. What's your wor- okay? My worst one on here. Worst one is the Eternals. Yeah, me too. Both check in at seven with the Eternals. Yeah, go listen to that episode. God, I don't even know if unless I'm doing a massive rewatch to the Secret Wars, I'm never gonna sit and watch that no again. No, there's just it was there. I don't care about those characters. And that film was too long. Mm-hmm. That was that was atrocious. Yeah, that's number seven. Okay, six for me is Shang Chi. Oh, okay. What's six for you? Black Widow. Okay. Uh, coming in at number five, Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, that would be five for me as well. Any last thoughts on Thor? The kind of that's maybe the disappointment of the summer for me, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> yeah, and also to have such a solid 15 minute start. Yeah, yeah. And then just let it just go to... But that being said, as bad as that is, and that's... I still wouldn't put that in the categories of, like, Iron Man 3 or... That's, like, in the Captain, for me, Captain Marvel tier. Okay. If Thor Love and Thunder is on again, I probably can stomach it and watch it enough because Hemsworth at this point is so good. Yeah. He saves it, but... Again, that's not a ringing endorsement. Five out of seven is is not a strong strong number. 
Right? Do we agree there? <laughs> yeah. That's a, could be a lot higher. That's a failing grade. Number yes. four. Yeah. What do you got? Black Widow. I'm at Shang-Chi at, at this one. Okay. So I think we switched our Flip fours and two. six. I'm surprised that made it that high for you. you Black just, Widow's really that much I worse than Shang-Chi like that, for you. That Bespin Cloud City bullshit was third act was really bad. No, that, that movie blows. Yeah. I just, I, I think I liked kind of the, the uniqueness of Shang-Chi's world and kind of what they set up with the real Mandarin and mm-hmm. his dad. Like, I was kind of into it with that. It just got completely stupid at the end of the movie, right? When we're riding dragons around. Yeah. But both of those movies got completely stupid at the end. But I think I'd rather sit and watch Shang-Chi than I would Black Widow. And I know Scarlett was looking to make that movie for a long time. That just wasn't the movie I wanted with her character. Okay. So number three. Are both going to be the same for us. For this, for both of us, this is Doctor Strange. Yeah. No argument. I think we really liked that one, but like also had qualms with it. Mm Mm-hmm. For being pitched as the multiverse of madness, I don't think they got enough out of that as mm-hmm. than the cameo with the uh, Illuminati, right? Yeah. But I love Sam Raimi being back in the the chair, and you could see the Raimiisms throughout that film. And Elizabeth Olsen was the MVP of that film. Great. Yeah, she was great. Do we have the same two? I think we do. Okay, so this is this week is number Black two. Black Panther. Yeah. Black Panther's two. It's good number two, and our unanimous number one, and arguably, I'll say this as well in the top shelf of entire MCU films, thank God they had this in there. Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, with a bullet. Um, Maybe when we get through phase five, a couple years from now, it might be fun to reseed. Re-rank. And like play the NCAA tournament game like we did with the other ones. Okay. Now, most of these are fodder that are going to get bounced in the first round if even even qualify for these. Them all might be NIT teams by the level of, or even CBA teams as bad as these are. Spider-Man's going to be tough to beat. That might be tough to beat. So, like, that's you're getting, you're stealing my thunder, right? That's yeah. one point I'm making. As hard as we've been on Phase 5, because it's mostly been bad. Mm-hmm. Two out of seven is not a good number. I'm telling you, too, right now. Like, I mean, this is just, like, me in the moment. The moment's changed, right? Yeah. I think, you know, No Way Home could give Infinity War a good run for its money and like an overall bracket. Like that film gets better for me every time in every like facet. Like it's just mm-hmm. like it's a film that should not work on any level. Yep. It should be a disaster. And somehow it has the most heart and emotion. And it, it whether you're a Spidey fan from the early aughts to now, it's got something for everybody. Yeah. A great story and great performances, and I love where they that character ends up at the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, No Way Home's going a, a far way. It might be the best film of this entire saga. <laughs> it might be. Could be. That's fair. Yeah. A year ago, that film came out. Can you imagine that? It's been a year already? I can't. Yeah. God dang, really? Yeah, right now, a year ago, we were in hot anticipation for... What the hell is even going to happen? Are they? Is Tobu Gar and Andrew Garfield in this film? I don't think they are. Maybe they are. They Maybe they're not. <laughs> just, and they sure were. And they sure were. And uh, yeah, it's been been about a year since that film came out. I can't believe it. Cool. But that's the end. Putting the lid on this cask. <sighs> Cheers. Cheers. To Chadwick Boseman. To Chadwick Boseman. To all these MCU films. It's been good to talk about some good MCU films compared to shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're in December. We're approaching the holidays. We got something in line for that. But right now we're like smack dead in, uh, I guess some pretty great like sports company. I mean, NFL's winded down in the, in the home stretch, mm-hmm. right? 
NBA starting up. Hockey's in full swing. Hockey. Got the World Cup going on. I yeah. mean, like, take pick your poison, right? Yeah. Uh, so you just got beat today, by the way. Yeah, whatever. Three <laughs> one. At the end of the, that's almost a mercy killing, right? Because can you uh, USA can't go up against like Argentina? No way. That's a six one match. I, I'll give them credit. Like, I will, they, they made the final 16. I'll give them credit, too. But, like, the, the thing about us, USA, they, they just don't have a potent offense to, like, if you're down 2-1, that's kind of it. Can I tell you something, though? Yeah. They're super young. They got a chance in four years to really build, make build a it up run. again. They, yeah. they're, they're like a, a bona fide scoring guy away. Yeah. Because if you want to be honest, they mm-hmm. are a foul in the penalty box away from playing, like, Senegal or something in this yeah. round and getting to the round of eight. Exactly. So... Again, I'm not some USA soccer apologist. Frankly, I barely watch any kind yeah, of me, soccer. Me either, but except when the US plays. But it's, uh, it's just hard to compete with those countries that this is what they do, right? What they do. This is what they do. Look, I mean, we made it farther than Germany. Yeah, that was crazy. Think about that. <laughs> Pretty controversial match, too. Indeed. Uh but anyway, sports heaven right now. If yeah. you're if you're a sports person and we've never done this before, so this is a first for us, and it's gonna be a short one. We're going to do sports film cask wildcard edition. So what that means is Matt's going to pick one. I'm going to pick one. Two-week cask. We're going to talk about some sports films and give we something we've never really done before. So I'm teeing you up. I'm putting the tee, uh, the baseball on the, the tee for you to just hit a home run, Matt. What are we going to talk about next week in your sports cask? What are you bringing to the table? As we near the end of this year, I have to say, you've given me an opportunity this particular year in Rice Smile to really cover some territory that I've wanted to do, and this is yet another opportunity. Now, as far as the stretching of the big three, basketball, football, baseball go, this is a little bit more on the hobby side, but I'm going to call this a sports film, and we're going to get to do one of my all-time top fives next week, Mr. Paul Newman in the hustler and i cannot wait to do it this will be good oh my god there are so many loaded moments we have to talk about talk about a hard rough film yeah you know what i might do i might i'm gonna watch the hustler of course we yeah can talk about it but I, I might also try to burn color of money as well you should there it's, it's awesome we could just kind of talk a little bit about that back and forth but yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. one of your seminal Go to all time top shelf films. I can't wait to talk about you and just see your perspective on it compared to mine. Yeah. And we've never done a Newman film on this podcast. So shame on us. How do you have four years of a podcast and never cover Cool Hand Luke? Or talk about Paul Newman at all. So Or that, Citizen Kane. We're a couple of losers. I know, right? Uh we're too busy doing uh Halloween uh three <laughs> season of the witch. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. Uh you know, I love those movies, but I do. uh no, yeah, um, uh, this this will be good. This is kind of very intentionally set up uh, for you, and then yeah, don't worry about the big three. I got us covered next week, Sweet. and, and uh, it'll be it'll be really well done. Yeah, guys, hustler next week. Uh, it's we're going to be in rare form because there's so much to discuss. We're going to get to talk about <clears throat> Piper Laurie. Yeah, we're going to talk about my favorite scene in all of film cinema ever. All of film ever. Pretty hot takey, but it's up there. Okay. But in, in, in this particular moment, it's my favorite ever. Okay. We'll see if it lasts till next week, but it's still going to be good. Excellent. Cheers. To you. To you. Happy December, everybody. Happy December, everybody. Uh, cheers to you, Matt. Cheers, cheers to, you. to Chadwick Boseman. I got to get going. Uh, I'm going to go rewatch X 
X-Men uh, in preparation for X-Men 97. Uh, man, I'm the kid at heart. I just love watching cartoons. Well, there's plenty of mistletoe between Wolverine, Jean Grey, and Cyclops in that, so that'll fit your holiday needs, too. I'll uh, lament over the picture like he does. Mm. <laughs> so sad. Poor Logan. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you all next week, everybody. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you in the dark. Thank you for listening to Rye Smile Films. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to leave us a rating and a review while you're there. It really helps out the show. And for Rye Smile Films merchandise, go to tpublic.com. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, is property of Marvel Studios and Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. And no copyright infringement is intended. Until next time, cheers. I am queen of the most powerful nation in the world. And my entire family is gone. Have I not given everything?